0: Welcome to Writers Talking, the podcast where we take writers and readers behind the scenes, sharing the stories within the stories. No scripts, no filters, and no holds barred as we talk about what really happens for writers as they write, edit, publish, and promote their work. Hi, I'm Anjanette Fennell, agent, editor, and writerly mentor who's worked with hundreds of writers to break through their creative challenges to uncover the stories they feel compelled to share. Now, let's get talking. Emma Gray is the internationally published author of five books spanning fiction, nonfiction, and memoir. She wrote her latest novel, The Last Love Note, in the wake of her husband's death. It was published by Penguin Random House in Australia and New Zealand and acquired by Zibby Owens in New York, who describes Emma as the next Helen Fielding, Sophie Kinsella, or Jojo Moyes. She wrote her YA novel, Unrequited, to show her Harry Styles-loving daughter that reading could be fun, then co-created a musical based on the story with Sally Whitwell, complete with disco balls and glitter cannons. When she's not writing, you'll find her on a country road in the dark, capturing the Aurora Australis with her camera, pottering in her cottage garden, and enjoying time with her three children and beloved puppy, Frank. Frank. Nina D. Campbell is passionate about words and women's stories. She studied theater and literature at university, where she's held the position of women's officer alongside notable South Australian feminists Natasha Stott Despoja and Annabelle Crabb. As a professional writer for the Australian government, Nina wrote ministerial speeches, briefings, policy papers and communications materials before a midlife health challenge reminded her that life was for living, not just earning a living. Having left the paid workforce, Nina now writes fiction full-time. Together with her partner Bruce and their spirited Jack Russell Terrier Molly, she lives nestled between a world-class wine region and the sparkling sea in South Australia. Nina's debut novel, Daughters of Eve, is described as an unput-downable feminist revenge thriller. It was included in the Sydney Morning Herald's list of books to look out for in 2022, and Marie Claire's top 10 reads upon its release. Rachel S. Morgan is an award-winning fiction writer, screenwriter, and emerging television showrunner. A former entertainment journalist and recipient of the Josephine Ulrich Literature Prize, her previous film and television credits include Wanted, Make a Mermaids, and The Bachelor. Rachel writes a lot of things, but has a particular penchant for drama that makes you laugh, comedy that stabs you in the feels, stuff that is high camp, and scary AF and historical fiction. If there's magic, pop stars, or vampires in the mix, all the better. She's soon to release the first book in a brand new rom-com mystery series through Daring Press and is currently developing a diverse film and television slate that includes her new dark comedy TV show, Disgraceful. Disgraceful is also her current novel work in progress because she doesn't think she has enough things on her plate. Rachel likes yoga, tattoos, and cheese, but not in that order mostly the cheese comes first. I'm super excited. We have got another panel and it feels like forever and ever since we've had our core panel on, Uh, but we were each sort of going through our own energetic shifts. And I just recently saw there will be a new podcast coming out from three authors in Australia, following them on their writer promotion and writerly journey. I think they all three have slightly different paths. We have several things we can chat about, but I'm really curious because there is, as I was saying before I hit record, a significant overlap and what it seems to me to be, if I thought of a theme that worked with all of these, it is just really, it is about what we see On social media or maybe even talking to friends in the writerly community, or you go out to an event or something and the energy they're projecting and living into, because each of you have experienced that as well versus what is really happening for you as a writer and as a creator, right? We're talking about efforting (laughs) behind the scenes, right? Like the duck paddling furiously under the water, but above the water, oh, dappled sunlight and all beautiful and and serene. Do any of you want to jump in and talk about a little bit about what's been either going on for you or what you have noticed that is different from what you expected it to be when you got to? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't feel like I'm at X point
1: yet. I I still feel like I'm madly paddling and and madly swimming. And it seems like I think to a lot of people looking at my social media or people that I talk to because I do have you know stuff kind of in the wind and things that are seem like they're happening at the same time there's there's so much that's going on for me that isn't a firm yes so you know I'm still trying to get the the current book that's out there trying to get that across the line I have a TV show in development but it's still waiting on so much approval from so many so many things. I mean, it's been pitched to to a streamer. Um, so even though it's been picked up by a production house, there's no guarantee it's going to be made. We're still just waiting for another level of approval or, or yeses, and that may not even happen. You know, w- w- winning competitions and things like that. So I still feel like I'm on the uphill fighting an up not fighting an uphill battle, but I'm still I, I don't feel like I'm at X point yet. So I don't really feel like I can say it wasn't what I was expecting. But yeah, to to other people, they think there's so many amazing things happening in my life, but it actually doesn't feel like that because that's, none of them are none of them are affirmed. Yes. So I'm still like part.
0: Yeah. That's the part, but you do have a book out under <laughs> yes. a writer name as well. It's yes. a fabulous book. We'll make Thank sure you. that we link it as well. I mean, I've read it that many times, and every time, I'm, <laughs> God, I'm so excited to be reading this again. I love it that much. But you, you have the successes. You hit on something just then. I don't feel like I don't feel mm. like I've hit the thing. What do you think, Nina? What do you think, Emma? Have you hit a place where you feel like, oh, cool, I'm going to coast now?
2: <laughs> I I think you should go first, Emma, because quite frankly, I think your your exes are are pretty together at the moment and have you in several different countries. So I, think, I, think uh, I don't know.
3: A- I feel like, I feel like well, one thing I would say is that I feel like I do on social media show both sides quite well. Like I, I'm very open about times that are difficult. And this year in particular has been really strange for me because on the one hand it's been probably, well, without a doubt, it has been the highlight of my career so far and, and sort of a lot of opportunities opening up, which I'm so grateful grateful for. It's also been the most difficult years I've had personally with the loss of my mum. I wouldn't say it's the most difficult loss that I've ever had, but it certainly is a deep one. And just all the family things that flow on from that. So I've had this strange mix that always seems to be present of both joy and devastation all all at once. Um, But that's the kind of thing that I write about as well. So in that way, I think I'm in a position that some authors may not be in it's my message anyway. So I could be completely myself about all that stuff. And I'm not having to put on an act, you know, play a part um, when it comes to my writing, because my writing is about this sort of thing. So in that way, it's it's a little bit easier to sort of marry the two. What I have been feeling lately, and I'm turning 50 next week, is I'm just back today from a weekend at the coast. And I, I did sit there at one point and thought, you know, I could probably retire quite happily and just you know live in a caravan park <laughs> at the coast but it came <laughs> after after a friday night midnight meeting with my us publisher about something really exciting and and you know i was so excited after that meeting that i couldn't had to go for a midnight walk and so There's this roller coaster of excitement and anticipation and wanting to take on the world and and all of that sort of stuff after decades and decades of slog to get here that's combining with this sort of real exhaustion and sort of just this attraction to slowing down. I don't know where, what the answer is or, you know, maybe it is that I of having seasons in the writing process and, you know, getting, I think what I need to do is, is to work out how to, Insert really good breaks into my schedule because the the way things have been this year, I haven't had any. Uh, It's just the way it's happened, come out in two different countries at different times, at different ends of the year. So the promotion stuff has just been ongoing the whole way through. So maybe the timing has been the issue, but yeah, it's this weird combination of wanting to slow down and
0: speed up at
3: the Mm. same time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me too, because I totally support actually building in these breaks, I'm thinking about a lot of women that I see as well who it has nothing to do with writing, right? It's the being a a hyper or an over-functioner and trying to do all of the things. And if we don't build them in, there will be something you know there's a vacuum there that will be filled with something else so it can be important to build those breaks in and you are proof positive that there are some things you just can't plan for and when i say that that's the same for everyone we can't plan certain things so you're sort of rolling with it when you when you were talking it reminded me too of this feeling Not wanting to look a gift horse in the mouth, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Like I better just, you know, find an extra level of energy that I don't have because I couldn't possibly do this. You know what it reminds me of? A conversation and I can't believe the podcast has been going for officially. I got the reminders, (laughs) (laughs) but we had this conversation and especially between, uh, you, Em and Nina talking about pushback. And I don't mean massive pushback, but just the concept of asking for extra time on an edit or something like that. And now I think you may still feel that pressure of not wanting to do that because we want to say yes to everyone. But maybe now you see how it can happen and how it's a totally reasonable thing to go back. Sometimes life experiences and circumstances mean you need to get that extra space to get things I think yeah I think what happens and it's not just writers it's every woman we know Mm.
3: we reach this period of our lives where everything intersects at the most you know our kids have reached a time in life when everything is happening and they need sort of extra things or or our parents have become older and suddenly they need extra help or our career that we've been working towards, no matter what field we're in, has finally reached a level of responsibility or pressure or whatever, or success where it's intense, and it's all just sort of intersects in this perfect storm. And uh, I think that's that's where we are. And when we're writers, and we've spent decades uh, or a lifetime wanting this, and reaching for this, and working towards this, and pushing through. All the rejection, and the persistence that we have to engage in to get this far, you're right. You know, we don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's interesting times, but it's, and it's exciting. It really is exciting. But at the same time, there's this other piece of the puzzle, which is that we can be, as Rachel said, just not quite at point X, yeah. which means we also have to earn an income. From other sources. So then you throw in full-time work or, you know, a lot of work that we're also doing to support the family and all of that stuff. So that, that adds this whole extra layer as well, I think, for a lot of people.
2: It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I was thinking, I was thinking it's it's almost a flow between the three of us, like a wave. Mm. So Rach is, is at the point where that wave is really rising and building and getting ready to crash. Your wave is crashing and my wave crash last year. So we're sort of we're in this kind of we're all sides of that of that cycle of the writing world and the writing life. And we have very different perspectives, each other's experiences. So, you know, and I think that's I think that's one of the things I really like about this topic is that I talk to a lot of people who haven't who say that thing that you said, Rach, you know, I haven't reached point X, I haven't got the contract, I haven't got this. And they think that there's a point at which everything comes together and mm. you just suddenly feel like a writer and you feel like an author and you feel like you got your shit together. That point never actually quite comes <laughs> because it doesn't matter where you are. Like you've still got life throwing you curveballs. Mm. You've still got your own inner dialogue saying, oh, I think, I think I've fooled everybody. I think I've got them. <laughs> We're all good. As long as nobody calls me on any of this stuff, I'll be okay. And, and the constant fear of, Oh my God, the next book. And, Oh, what if I, and you know, all the voices Mm -hmm. from outside. So I don't think there really is a full, if there is a point X, I think you're at it then because that wave is crashing all around you and it's, you're riding it right through to the shore. And I've kind of climbed out of the water for the last year because my, my crashing wave was sandwiched between two deaths, the death of my sister and the death of my cousin. And those two things really made me have that experience that you're talking about, Emma, of wanting to just get out of the water, retire, step back, stop for a little while. Mm. And I had the lucky capacity to do that. So I've sort of stepped out and watched it from a distance and just loved watching, you know, the the energy building for you, Rach, the energy just crashing around you. And It's been such a privilege to watch that while sitting quietly on the shore and going, it's actually just all life, you know, mm. your dreams are just part of life. Mm. And it's those really precious moments when you get off that meeting and you walk down the beach and you think, Oh my gosh, you know, that thing just happened. Those are precious. They're the precious bits because there is no moment when you suddenly feel like you've got it all together, I don't think.
0: This mm. is the 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 form of story. We're in it. And what I think is challenging, especially for those who listen to the podcast or have gone through their own. They're dealing with those things you were talking about, Nina, like imposter syndrome. Right? It doesn't matter what you do; you may well experience that, and you hit a new level. But in that new level, it's new to you. You feel like, no, I'm still having to to work hard to be there. It is very rare. I've not heard of a human, really, really who can lean back into it and just relax and be like, I've hit it. I'm good. There's the next thing or tomorrow. And they're not always negative, right? There is a mix of those things that feel positive mm. and those that are challenging, but you're you're still in it. You just have a different vantage point. Like you'd said, you feel like right now, as far as your writing goes, you are sitting on the shore and watching. So you're looking at M saying you're, you know, you have hit it. But I really because you share so much on Facebook, but also I have the the pleasure of being friends with you, there's so much more <laughs> going on that when you're in it, again, trying to have that duality of appreciation, but also can I even do this tomorrow or the next day? Yes, I love it and oh my god, how am I going to continue to show up Like, I don't see you exhaling the the excitement or in the wave crashing of it all. Right. And, and Rach, I love that imagery that you had, Nina, for, for everyone and Rach, seeing you still in the rising up and we're all sort of sitting here going, when is this massive tsunami sized (laughs) wave? If I'm honest, when is it going to, when is it going to come? And I, maybe crash isn't the right way to think about it, but it feels like that tumult, like all of the water foaming up an exciting crash, we'll say. Mm. But even when you get there, wherever there is, you're already kind of past it because, mm. you know, the waves don't stop. The water doesn't stop, does it? It keeps going. So it's behind you. So you're still looking forward to the next thing you have to do. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have anyone you've seen, any writers, by the way? And again, knowing... We only maybe get little tiny peaks. Have you ever seen anyone who you think they seem to be doing a really good job of being in the fullness, or do you have a suspicion that they are probably experiencing life as well as they're writing, like you guys are?
3: Well, do you know who comes to mind, and she's not a writer, is Adele? Mm. You know, she comes out with an album and a tour, and then that's it—seven years or something. She's <laughs> she <laughs> I sometimes look at her and think, oh. What what's the writing equivalent of that? You know, how do we do that? I mean, you know, she could be putting out an album every year if she wanted to. So it's it's an interesting uh, model that she has, and of course, she can do that because of her enormous. Success. It is this interesting. I wonder if we could, we all would fall into a different pattern if we were had the luxury of doing so if we could just have everything go the way that would suit our lives and our families and our, our finances and all of that what pattern would we fall into and our creativity I think it's this sense of the creativity being squeezed that I find most difficult because there's just so much other stuff to do. And I think that's particularly true for a second or subsequent book because uh, the first time around, you may have spent years crafting that book, didn't send it anywhere till you were happy. And then it sort of then becomes much more of a, almost more of a business way that you've got to be really on top of the timings. you know, fitting it in around other things and scheduling it and that sort of thing and in a way perhaps we didn't have to before. But the other thing I would say is about all of this is that it'd be fascinating if we could go back 20 years and have our 20 year ago selves mm-hmm. who were desperately hoping for what we currently have yeah. to observe this conversation. It would be very interesting from that their point of view, wouldn't it? Because yes. Nina and I had those conversations 20 years ago we've been yeah. friends that long and we've we've had conversations on the veranda you know two decades ago about our dreams that that we had as writers and and the the work we were doing then and everything that we were hoping for which we've now achieved um you know some of it we've achieved some of it i'd just be i, I wish we'd recorded it nina it would have been really <laughs> yes.
2: amazing and i had exactly that conversation today with another friend who was talking about how she's building the next element of her, um, publishing career. So she's had various different publishers. She's self-published and she's, um, and she's just been invited to submit a book to a publisher, which is, I'd never heard of that. Didn't know it was <laughs> a thing. I'm pretty excited about that. That's now on my wish list. I was saying to her and, and she was sort of, you know, oh my, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this because, you know, I'm a bit all over the place because of the ADHD that she has. And I said, I just look back we went to our first conference together and imagine you looking at you now and all that you've achieved. I said, when you're in the middle of it, it looks small because you've got all the bits and everything's moving and spinning, but you've come so far, like you've got this massive business. And if you told yourself even two years ago that you would be making the money you're making and doing the things that you're doing, you probably wouldn't have believed it. So it is so true. If you could just bottle those moments and remember them,
0: Well, maybe that's why I think too, still this process. And again, I'm in this unique position of getting to see writers and, and holding space for them in these different places and not always having conversations, uh, like this between writers, someone saying, Oh, I, you know, and I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before. Oh, I want what she's having. I wish, you know, this, my book, but I don't have this particular thing. Yeah. And, and looking at it and saying, I hear what you're saying. And, and because I keep everybody's confidence and I'm sure that's not what it actually feels like all the time for that person. We see the success. And, and like we said before, Em, you're really good at sharing, but I hazard a guess. Most of the people who read both of your kinds of posts, other than The the physical loss of someone in your family, which they can see that would that would hurt. They just think, but you still manage to pull it all out. And guess what you actually do? You still seem to make these things happen. But for you, it would feel frenetic. Sometimes I'm Mm -hmm. barely hanging on or my habits are not what I wish them to be. In a perfect world, I wouldn't sneak in pieces of writing around all this stuff or have to stay up later than I'd like because sleep is really important. Right. But they're yeah. seeing the posts that you're doing and they're still thinking, yeah, but I want what she's, I wish, <laughs> I wish that were my problem is what I fear some of them feel and get. When you're in it, like you said, Emma, and sorry, if that came up on the audio, we'll find out <laughs> losing you, Rach, and then, and then coming back ding dong. But something that Emma was saying was, um, that idea of, I was actually thinking about the Adele, like looking at her and she takes all this time between, but we don't feel like we can do it. You've also talked about, and in other podcasts, I think it was with Kate Solly and that you guys were talking about seasons. I think it's a Mm. great concept. I think it was Kate's idea. Well, I don't know if it's her idea. Well, she did. did, But now I'm thinking how it could work really well if you had a certain amount of between. Because right now, all the things, you're doing Mm. all of them right now. And so there's not so much a season for publicity, a season for... And that's even with one book a year. what Mm. we're looking at right now. And that's with Australia's got a really short time frame for publishing. My belief is that the UK is similar and that they've got a tighter time. And in the US, it's a little bit different. It's a bit longer. How do you get a season when you...
2: That's kind of changed, hasn't it? I remember some of my favorite authors over the years where you'd have to wait two or three years for a book. This notion Mm. of a book a year Mm-hmm. Or, in the case of the amazing Fleur MacDonald, two books yeah. a year. Yeah. How the hell she does that? I have no idea. <laughs> we have this sort of expectation that if you're going to be a good genre writer, that that's what you do, one book a year. and i think I think it's unrealistic, and i I think it's can be detrimental, but this expectation, and that was the expectation I was living inside as I was watching all of my friends do their second books, and that I sort of made a conscious decision to step back and say, No, I'm not going to push myself for a book a year. I'm going to honor my, the way that I'm feeling and Mm. the, you know, the impending death of my cousin. I want to actually be, be present for her and for me in that relationship coming to an end. And I think it's really, um, yeah, I think it's a really, it was a scary thing to do at the time Mm. because I thought, oh, I'm missing all of these things. You know, I'm not building my career. I'm not building my audience. I'm not, not meeting the expectations. But when I disconnected all of those expectations and realized that at heart, my relationship, the one that matters is with my words and my stories. Mm. And that's the one I have to honor most because that's the gift that I'm giving to readers. And if I am not honoring that relationship, then I'm less likely in my, in my situation. And I know there's so much pressure, so much pressure in the, in the industry, how so much of an expectation. I've had readers contact me and say, when's your next book coming out? And I've had to be gentle and say, well, number one, there's no guarantee that there's ever another book because that's the way publishing works. But also that, yeah, I'm taking some time out for me to be the best writer that I can be. I think it's one of those things where there is a lot of external pressure, but after your second book, and I'm sure, Emma, it's going to go absolutely gangbusters like your first, I'm hoping that there will be time for you to take that season and step back a little bit. Mm.
3: It's, well, from- I, I think, I think the reality is if you don't take that time, then life gives you that time because mm. something you know, you can't, you can't go on like that. So I'm seeing that with a friend at the moment, and I'm really conscious of that and always have been. So I I, the way I'm sort of doing it now is I'm just taking weekends here and there. So I'm just back from a beautiful weekend at the coast with my son. And if we can't have a big sort of swathe of time at the moment, then it is, it's day trips or it's little, little, uh, little trips away that can really help. certainly helped me just just being somewhere different makes a big difference because I've done a huge amount of travel this year and I've got more travel I've got a big book tour coming so I don't want to do the frenetic travel I want to do the caravan or the tent you know I, I just want to sit by the ocean and that's what I'm that's what I'm doing
0: so Rach, I don't know if you'd had somebody in mind when I was asking, is there anybody out there that you think, even if you don't have a full insight into how they're doing it, where it feels like they are sitting in at least momentarily or more than momentarily? Cause I think we can grasp a moment, but our, like, I love that you use the word to Nina expectation, the expectation for ourselves might be different for others, right? As it often is. The expectation that it'll be more than a moment that we get to sit in it. Like we've reached a level and then there we are as if it's static and then we'll only go up from there. But do you see anybody that we could look at that you think, oh, they're doing it, they're in it? Off the top of my head, no. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I see people
1: all the time kind of in... My sphere, I guess, film and TV-wise, people that I know that I've either worked with before or, you know, that shows are happening and then the next show happens and the next show happens, it it seems to be that kind of just role of success after success after success and I don't see much of the other. I I mean, the thing is I know what the struggle is on the other side of that because I know what the industry is. is. But interesting, what you were saying before about needing to take time out between things. Again, I think I'm on a different part of that wave because where I'm at at the moment with both my fiction and with my film and TV work is I don't feel like I can take time out because I feel like if I I feel like I need to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And if I take time out and step away, then I'll lose momentum. Like I just need to keep networking and keep keep writing and get another another project pitched. And, you know, so I, I feel not trapped onto into a hamster wheel or anything like that. Like I'm I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm feeling, you know, driven and motivated. But yeah, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. But I do feel like if I take the time to step away, I'm, I'm scared that I will lose momentum. And that wave will just, you know, not be a big wave, <laughs> not be a big crash. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a really weird space to be in. So,
0: Well, it's interesting you say that, especially for those who will talk about film and television, you say they go, they're rolling on from success to success. But you know, the the background story or, you know, either all the work that they got took to get there or all the massive work that they're doing to get it there. Because for anybody that doesn't understand this in film and television, as Rach, you are already saying, it, there is so much that goes into before something gets off mm. the ground and it has to be a concerted effort. And we're talking over years Mm. and years. So sometimes you'll hear in interviews, people will say, oh, we optioned this X number of years ago. It could be 10, it could be 15 or 20 years ago. And it took this many years for it to finally get off the ground. I would love to see based on what you have all said too, and maybe I'll make it my own personal research. Somebody who doesn't, who has success and doesn't seem to need to and i don't know what the right word is fall in line with whatever the external schedule uh, the the standard now meaning if i don't show up that that very fomo feeling because we are living in a very masculine do world and also everybody's attention is short so if you stop will they forget mm-hmm. i better stay on top of it i can see that you're experiencing that i mean nina is the is the one who and I beautifully has gone and said I'm going to take a break and I'm going to sit on the shore and that will be the the thing that I do I won't um yeah like I won't stick to that but you still have people that reach out to you Nina and say When's the next book coming? So, you know, it's not everyone that forgets you if you don't keep Mm. going, but I get that internal drive because similar. And I think a lot of writers and creatives, same with, you know, visual artists as well, feeling like they have to stay in it, not to be relevant, but just not to be forgotten and to get those deals. Because if I don't get the deal, someone else got the deal. Is that maybe part of it too? Like you just and if you've already got a contract with someone, you don't want to push back because you don't want to let them down because you want the next contract. So god forbid you need to take a couple of weeks or something. I'm just really trying to get at the crux of it. It is it a what I suspect is a combination of market meaning traditional publishers and relationships and what we see externally versus what we're feeling inside, which is recognition. So Nina brought up uh, someone who's been on the podcast before, Fleur McDonald, and she Mm -hmm. does. She naturally, I I don't want to say for anybody easily. But she's worked it out in her schedule and she's just now got this rhythm where she can do two books a year and she's not fed up with the genre and you know she has characters she loves and her readers and her fan base absolutely love the characters. Like they have conversations about Dave Burroughs, like he's this guy that they know, and that's brilliant, but that's her. And I'm saying, how can we wait to find out how we are? I think uh, if I could do a book a year, having to work
3: full time, mm. I could easily do that. I, not easily. Not the writing wouldn't be easy. <laughs> I, I just know that I could fit that in easily because at mm. the moment I'm doing full time work. So, yeah. you know, I I think that for me is the crux of it. It's mm. it's that my writing work hasn't reached a point where I can comfortably. Cut back on the other work as a single, you know, single parent, one-income family. That that for me has been the big challenge. I'd say it's at the start of the day, or you know, even if I do my writing work first up, which I often do. There's all this other work still there that has to be done. I th- I think the notion of doing a book a year, if you're a full-time writer, is is probably. I mean, that to me would be a dream. I think that would be. Mm. Well, I am doing, it doing it, but I'd like to do it in a little bit less manner. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah just no, on, I, I, on the rest, I it's not the writing that's the problem; it's the rest
1: of the li- rest yeah. of life around it that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that is so yeah. demanding. Yeah. I agree, Emma. I mean, I I mean, at the moment I'm working Monday to Friday, eight until five, full time, and because I have to, I'm so trying to. I mean, if I didn't have to work full time, I think I could. I mean, I wrote the scoop in. Ten weeks, something like that. Not, not, not like bang. I, I could maybe write three books a year if, if I didn't have a full time job. Um, but at the moment I do, you know, and trying to juggle that, and you know, trying to be active, and you know, I've got family. It is, it is difficult.
0: I chat, and we'll have to do another one of these really soon. But I was just thinking, it might be nice, Emma. You brought this up earlier, saying I wish we'd recorded those conversations twenty years ago to show ourselves, then what we know now and and what we're living. If there was some advice, I won't say one piece of advice, but if there's something you would tell that past version of you or even other writers out there who from the outside, you know that they see what you post, like Rachel you had an amazing announcement. It really was mm. like other than a specific contract, like really massive kudos and nice to get that external validation. Yeah. So it was really great people, validation. Yeah. yeah. Other people are looking at you going, wow, she's killing it. What would you say to writers who are getting started or younger writers who, before? What do you think is one thing you kind of maybe wish you knew about what the process is actually like versus what you you thought it was or even think it is <laughs> for, for some other writers out there. I guess for me, it goes
3: back to a conversation I had with my son today. He's 12 and he was doing something a bit annoying. I can't remember what it was. And then he sort of picked up on the fact that he was annoying me. And he said, oh, he said, I don't think I'll ever have kids. I'm just so annoyed by myself and <laughs> other children. And he said, you, you know, do you do you wish you didn't have children or something like this? They can be annoying. It's true. <laughs> <But laughs> I it. said they are so worth it, and I and I, I think it's the same kind of advice with um, with anything creative. Is that you know, it, it's not perfect. You go through times when you just think, "Why am I doing this? This is really really hard." But it is worth it. The the feelings that we get, whether we publish it or not, um, because I've felt this before. Being published as well as after that sense of achievement that you have when you've told a good story is mm-hmm. like nothing else in life that I can think of. No other. You know, achievement that I can even remember feels that quite like that. And I think to just remember that that's why we do it, that the sense of joy and achievement in telling a good story. I said to my sister this week, you know, all I do is I just tell people, I just make stuff up and tell people stories. And she said, yes, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) And it it is, it's just sort of, it's, I mean, what fun, what fun to be able to do that. Mm. It's just,
0: about
1: you, Nina, right? Oh, I mean, just to 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 really collect up all your wins and and hang on to them because there's a know and to know that there are going to be losses and frustrations and that often they are going to outweigh the wins but you have to really hang on to the wins and celebrate them and and I do I agree with what you just said um it is so worth it so I I think I think what I would say to myself back then is try to figure out exactly why you write for you and, and and trust what you want to say, not and uh, not not the market. You know, yeah. not what other people want. Like the sooner you can actually realise what you want to write for yourself and why, instead of thinking about how other people are going to. To connect I mean other people will always connect with with what you write if it's the if it's the right thing but you need to be connecting with yourself I, th- I think so and I think uh, along the way I've worried a little bit too much in the other direction um and it's only when I've really found my way back to myself and trusted myself and not worried about anything external that my writing has been the best and and that's actually that's actually been the stories that have connected with people the most so I wish I'd yeah. had that realization earlier mm.
2: yeah I think both of you have really nailed have really nailed it. When I'm asked um, on stage what advice I would give, I always say fall in love with writing, fall in love with writing and reading because that is the true joy of what it is that we do. But I kind of think there's something between the two of the two points that you've made about setting your own goalposts and
1: mm-hmm.
2: keeping your measure of your success inside yourself. Because as soon as you let it be, how many sales, how many people have said this, or whether you get another book or anything that is outside of your control, you die a little bit as an artist because you mm. are putting that control outside of yourself. You have to hold on to it. Your job as a storyteller is to tell the best story that you can you do that, as you say, Rage, by staying in touch with yourself, by keeping that control inside yourself and that just, that validation inside yourself. And I think all of the rejections that artists of every variety get are there to teach us to stay within ourselves, within our own heart and trust our judgment and our validation. And if we, if, and that's really what it feels like this last year has been for me coming back to my heart. And now the stories are waking up again and I'm feeling the joy again. And it's because I'm back inside me. I'm back inside my heart. So love the process of writing and you will never fail as a writer. Oh,
0: my God. That's Mm -hmm. a mind drop. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you all for coming back on after a little break from our lovely panels (laughs) and sharing some of your successes. I know we'll get on again soon when we've got more updates and maybe you'll have new insights about what's working or not working, what you would change or what you want to celebrate. But thank you all for coming back on the podcast today. It's great great to see you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Writers Talking. Join us next time for more Writers in Conversation as we delve into the writers' process, their passions, and a little bit about their books. Don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast player and follow us on Instagram at writers underscore talking underscore podcast.